Alright, let me ask you a question. Are you like me and need a cup of coffee in the morning to get your day off to a good start? How about an afternoon cup of bean at the station? We all know that shift work is brutal to our sleep cycles, and that we could use a cup of joe to give us that push through the shift. That's where our friends from Fire Department Coffee come in. Whether you're a firefighter, an EMT, or dispatcher, do yourself a favor and try them out. We have a special offer for our listeners and supporters. Go to firedepartmentcoffee.com, that's F-I-R-E-D-E-P-T-C-O-F-F-E-E.com, and use promo code NJFMBA for 15% off your next purchase. In addition, for every purchase made, Fire Department Coffee will donate 15% of the sale to our Mark Virag Memorial Cancer Fund. These guys are great people and are career firefighters themselves, just trying to make really good coffee to help us get through our next shift. So go buy some today, and don't forget to use promo code NJFMBA. All right, hey, what's up, guys? This is Bill Brower with FMBA Nation coming to you from the Pro Studios here in Raleigh, New Jersey. I've got a very uh, awesome guest here with me today. Many of you know him from uh, being a judge at Cooked and Uncorked, and a lot of you probably know him from his Instagram page, Fork and Hose Company, and that is none other than AJ Fusco. He's a career firefighter out of Harrison, New York. Uh, He's been there for 15 years now. He's been a judge on Cooked and Uncorked for the last three or four years. Uh, Great guy, great firefighter, a culinary entrepreneur. He was on Guy Groceries Games on the Food Network, had a special episode, uh, came in second place. Uh, I'm sorry, got knocked out in the second round, you said, right? Second round of the Tournament of Champions episode, yeah. Champions, right. And um, he operates the uh, Fork and Hose Company Instagram channel. So, AJ, thanks for joining me, man. I really appreciate the time and and, um, sitting down and talking about some lighter things, right? A little bit on the lighter side with everything that's going on. I appreciate you having me, Bill. It's, it's, uh, It's an honor to be featured on a New Jersey fireman's page, uh, you know, rather than New York. I like to spread the wealth around, you know. <laughs> well, uh, truly appreciate you, uh, you taking the time out of your day to sit and talk and uh, really want to get into some things with you. So tell me first off, uh, how did your firefighter career begin? How did you get to where you are now? And, and give us a little insight about uh, your experience as a fireman. Sure. So uh, I started off my firefighting um, career as a volunteer in the same department that I work at now. It's a, it's a combination department and uh, my father's a retired cop. So the fireman thing wasn't always on my mind, but neither was the cop thing. It was kind of like, you know, I was still trying to figure things out. A buddy of mine said, Hey, why don't we join the volunteers, which my uncles have been volunteers forever. And once I started taking the um, the classes needed, I realized this might be something that, that, you know, I might want to do for a living. So I took the test and it was about a year and a half, two year process. And I ended up getting hired, um, 15 years ago, this August. So it's, it's been a long, long ride. Yeah. Yeah. This is, uh, 15 years, man. That's, uh, I'm about five years away from that right now. So it seems like okay. the halfway point, right? I don't know how you guys are, but you know, 20 and out for us if we want, but, uh, we'll see what happens. <laughs> currently working on legislation in New Jersey right now to make that 20 and out happen with a, uh, um, a decent take home on your pension. But right now okay. with different tiers, thanks to chapter 78, I'm not going to get into that right now. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. That's all. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we're, we're, we're kind of along the same lines as far as, uh, service time and, and when you can retire. 
Um, so tell me a little bit about uh, this guy groceries games. What 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 happened there with the uh, with the firefighter episode they had? How'd you get how'd you get on that first of all? And then tell me you must have been like a big fan of Supermarket Sweep back in the day or something like that, right? You know, it's funny because that show I think is coming back now. Actually, yeah. <laughs> my wife got like an email about them like recruiting for it or something, and she loved it growing up, so she wants to do it. But uh, I honestly wasn't. Um, they they found me you know, ironically enough, through my Instagram page. Um, I don't know if they, you know, searched the hashtag, you know, firefighter chef or something like that, but uh, they, they reached out to me. This was in 2016, and I honestly thought it was a joke. I thought it was a scam. I said to my wife, you know, like, I think I got spam, but I'm not sure. She's like, why would they do that? You know, of all scams you could pull, why would they do that? So I said, all right, let me reach out to them. So I did, and sure enough, it was real. and. Um, I had just started culinary school. I want to say it was like two or three weeks into culinary school. And so now I'm, you know, I'm all worried because now I'd have to take some days off from that to go do this. Um, but luckily it worked out, but, uh, yeah, it was 2016. They had me on. It was the first ever salute to firefighter episode. It was myself, um, a guy from California, uh, actually two, two, a guy and a girl from California and then a, another guy from, I think Miami. Um, and it was, uh, it was a blast. I had a lot of fun and ended up winning, which is always more fun. That's awesome. Where did you, where did they hold, hold it? You have to go out to California. This is out in California. Yeah. It's not too far from Guy Fieri's house. Um, it's kind of like in the wine country area. I forgot Santa Rosa, maybe I, I believe might've been it. Um, but it was cool. You know, they fly out. It's like three days and, you don't really have time to do anything else except sit in the trailer, shoot, go back to your hotel room, and then next thing you know, you're flying back home. Right. So what did the contest consist of? Run me through, uh, run me through what you had to do and, and how you won. So the, the, the premise of the show is, you know, you're in a, a supermarket, which is really just a I – mean, I mean, I probably shouldn't be telling you this because – I think I signed waivers and stuff, you know, <laughs> but you know, it's not a real supermarket. It's like a warehouse that they convert, but they do a really good job of making it seem like you're in an actual supermarket and each round you're given challenges and, um, you know, say one could be make a taco fiesta because that was one of mine and you got to go shopping then you got to cook. But while you're shopping, they throw these little like, you know, challenges at you. So, okay, just for instance, can't use tortillas, you know? All right. So now you got to rethink everything. Yeah. So just like, you know, firefighting, it was kind of interesting because now you got to think on your feet, you got to, you know, adjust your game plan um, and, and kind of call an audible, so, so to speak. Um, and then you, you got to cook and then the judges judge it and you got to pray that they like your food. <laughs> and you won. So and I won. Yeah. It's awesome. And then yeah, the, so. you got to do the tournament of champions. Sounds like a Jeopardy episode, but you got <laughs> champions. Yeah. Which I thought was another scam. They're like, I'm like, I won once, you know, they're like, yeah, no, but we love you, you know, but uh, just going back to the, the episode that I won. Um, quick shout out to, to five, five, five fitness and Pip who I know you've had on before. Yeah. So with part of my winnings, I actually was able to donate a grant um, to, to their cause. And we were able to give a grant out with uh, fitness equipment to a fire department in Williamsport, um, PA, which was cool. So that was another oh, plus of the episode. That's good stuff. I mean, we, we, you know, we take for granted, uh, the, the things that we're able to do right with, with, uh, 
with our opportunities sometimes. And, uh, you know, that's, that's a testament to the type of person you are, to the firefighter brotherhood and, uh, giving back to, uh, you know, to the men and women that, that, uh, you know, are in need and, and, and our brothers and sisters. So thanks. Yeah. That's, that's really awesome to hear that. Yeah, it was, it was, it was nice to be able to pay forward a little bit. Good dude too. We've had him on, uh, we're going to do a couple more things with him coming up in the future, but, uh, guys over five, five fitness are just good people and uh, Pip's a, uh, a staple there. So, and, and I'm just a little quick plug. I'm, I'm drinking out of his size up mug that he gave me. Could be a little bigger. I drink a little more coffee than this, but you know, I, beggars can't be choosers. I actually, uh, speaking of national fire radio, I talked with Jeremy the other day. We're going to do nice. something with him soon too. So nice, nice. Yeah. I do. I do some work with them. They're, they're good people. I think we're all kind of in that same circle of, you know, spreading the good rather than the bad. Yeah. So tell me, let's, let's move on to this. So tell me about Fork and Hose Company. When, when did this idea kind of pop in your head? Uh, you're obviously very successful with it. You got over almost 17,000 followers, which to me as a social media guy, I know is not an easy task at all to get that, uh, that big. But when you, when you find a niche like what you've found, it does take off like wildfire. Uh, tell me how you got started with it and tell us a little bit about the actual page, like what your focus is and, and, and what you kind of do there to manage it. Uh, I started, I don't know, honestly, the exact date I probably should, but I would say it was probably about seven or eight years ago. Um, I was cooking at the firehouse pretty regularly, you know, and, and the guys were liking the food. And so I said, you know, maybe I should, this was pre Instagram. Um, I think Facebook was around, but um, I didn't know much about that realm. So I, I said, you know, maybe I could share what I'm making. I'll create a website. So I just came up with a website. It was pretty, you know, rudimentary. It was uh, all my own recipes. Um, I would upload them and pray that, you know, my friends and family would go take a look at it. And that was the extent of it. You know, that was all I really intended it to be in the beginning. Uh, but once I realized that, even just in my area, guys that I knew that were also cooking in the firehouse, I said, man, there's something more to this. You know, why should I just share what I'm making when, you know, some other people are doing even better things, you know, or cooking, cooking other food. So it kind of branched out into sharing uh, some other firefighters and, and what their meals were and recipes and that kind of thing. And then once Instagram came, it was a game changer for me because it was a lot easier to, to connect to firefighters from Germany, Hawaii, California, New York, New Jersey, um, with a simple hashtag, you know, like I, in the beginning, I was literally searching like firefighter, chef, firehouse, cooking, that kind of thing, and just connecting that way. Um, and it, and it grew into something more than, than myself. It was more now at this point, it was, all right, I'm going to share what everybody else is cooking. Screw my cooking, you know, <laughs> like I'm going to focus on everybody else. Um, with mine thrown in, you know, here and there. So it, it kind of grew into that. Um, and then a couple years in. All right, guys, real quick. I want to talk about force of nature again. You've heard me talk about it the past couple episodes, and this is my personal story with it. So about two months ago, my wife and I bought this product from force of nature. It's basically a little device. It looks like a carafe. There's a fill line on there. You fill it up with water. You use the uh, capsules that you purchase in addition to the electrolyzer. The capsules have three simple ingredients, which are water, salt, and vinegar. You dump the capsule into the electrolyzer, push the button, and in about 15 minutes, it produces a cleaning solution that is as effective as bleach 
but non-toxic. So what does that mean? That means you can spray it pretty much anywhere. You can spray it on your clothes and it will not get discolored. You can spray it on your kids' toys and not worry about having to poison them. You can clean your, your pet's food dishes out with it, wipe it down, and not worry about them getting sick. This stuff is a convenient cleaning solution, especially in this day and age where we all go to the store looking for cleaning products so that we can wipe down all the surfaces and make sure everything is nice and clean because of coronavirus and there's nothing at the stores. It is a low-cost cleaning solution. It costs about 80 cents a bottle at the end of the day, and it's just a convenient thing to have at home. You can clean your showers with it. You can spray it on things to prevent mold and mildew from forming. It, there's so many uses for this, I can go on and on. But we've got a special promo code for the month of October for all of our FMBA uh, Nation listeners and supporters. And go to njfmba.org slash force of nature and use the promo code must have, which is M-U-S-T-H-A-V-E, all one word, for the month of October That'll get you $15 off plus free shipping on all of their extra value bundles. The extra value bundle right now, I believe, is a starter kit plus 25 capsules. And I promise you, you will never go back to using another cleaning product again. So that's njfmba.org slash force of nature. Use the promo code must Maybe have a year or so in. $15 off plus Pip free shipping and the 555 guys extra value and bundles. At that time in my life, I was kind of transitioning to eating healthier, cooking healthier. So we kind of aligned our pages, you know, together that way. And so I was focusing a lot more on the healthier cooking as well, which I still continue to do today. But there is no way Fork and Hose Company would be around if all I was sharing was salads, kale, and, you know, roasted sweet potato recipes. Like it just wouldn't happen. So um, I'd like to say like, I'm a pretty good, like middle of the line, you know, I'm going to share your cheeseburger right next to the grilled chicken salad that you made. So I kind of promote cooking. I don't want to pigeonhole myself or pigeonhole the page into one thing. I'd rather just share what everybody's doing. Um, cause there's some really great firehouse chefs out there. Yeah. So let's talk about that. So, um, you know, the firehouse kitchen, I mean, this is something that's been around you know, for decades and I mean, generations, right? This yeah, is centuries, maybe. <laughs> oh, and, and it's one of those things that um, I think a lot of people that are not firefighters don't really have the insight that we have when it comes to what that, um, what that environment really is. You know, it's, it's more than just making food. It's, it's, uh, you know, coming together as a family, sitting down, uh, maybe, you know, a couple hours before you're all on a terrible call or something like that. And it becomes a, a release, you know, or a, a therapy method, um, you know, and, and then, you know, you, you've got, you've got guys like yourselves that like yourself that, that, you know, can make some really spectacular meals. You'd find like restaurant quality in, in the firehouse kitchen. Um, so it's, it's a unique dynamic, I think, that not a lot of people get to experience. And I, I like what your page does, even if you're not a firefighter and you follow that, you kind of get a glimpse of what the firehouse kitchen is. Tell me, you know, to yourself and your experience, what the kitchen means to you in the firehouse and uh, how you find enjoyment in making the meals that you do for the guys sitting and gals sitting down at the table. Um, what does that mean for you? 
Uh, I mean, you, you hit a lot of great points. Um, you know, I think the first thing that got me excited to cook in the firehouse was, you know, I was young, um, but I started cooking and, and guys were giving me great feedback. So it was kind of like a confidence booster, mm-hmm. but at the same time, you know, it was bringing the, you know, the crew together, whether it was to help cook or just sit down and eat. Um, but, but the, like you said, you know, the firehouse kitchen transcends the food. It's, you know, first place you come in when you come into work. I mean, I think pretty much every single firehouse you're not going onto the apparatus. You're like, you're going into the kitchen, right? Um, and then that's usually the last place you, you leave at. So it, it's kind of where your day begins and ends. But, uh, you know, aside from the food, there, there's that camaraderie, you know, like everybody says, you solve the world's problems in the firehouse kitchen, uh, whether it's personal problems, family problems, work problems. I think a lot of good happens in the firehouse kitchen. Um, but for me, it, w- it was in the beginning, definitely a confidence booster, you know, to have the approval of, you know, the crew. and um, it's just a, it's just a place where, you know, you can go and usually decompress, you know, if it's not too, uh, too stressful of a day or if you have a bad call, like you said, but, uh, I, I think it just, it transcends the food. I think food is just, uh, a byproduct of it. Right. Right. What, um, so you, you, you're on the job 15 years. You said, uh, prior to the guy, guy Fieri's games, you were, uh, going to culinary school or you were about ready to roll enroll in culinary school. What did that mean to the guys at the firehouse? I mean, here you are a career fireman and now you're enrolling in a, in a culinary arts school, right? To better yourself. I mean, those, those guys and gals must've been pumped to hear you go into culinary school and getting educated. Further. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, when they first found out that, you know, they were, they were, they were excited because they knew, you know, a, all right, now when we get to eat even better food, but also that they were going to be my guinea pigs. And I told them that I was like, listen, you know, I'm one, I like to like, whatever I do, I like to go pretty much full bore hundred percent. So if we got a dish that we had to make maybe next week in class, I would practice on these guys and they were cool with it. You know, it's something different. We were cooking and I was cooking like classic French sauces that I would never before culinary school even think to put on the kitchen table in the firehouse but now, you know, I'm using them as my guinea pigs, um, but they loved it and it was great. And, you know, they're spoiled now, so they're happy. What's the, what's the level of expectation now? I mean, when you're, when you're in the kitchen, there's gotta be some level of expectation. Do you ever come out with a bad meal? And oh, go, yeah. oh, AJ, this is terrible. Like, yeah, yeah. I mean, listen, we all make mistakes and I, anytime anybody asks me about like, you know, tips and tricks and all that for the firehouse kitchen, I'm like, just make mistakes, you know, mess up and learn from them. And I still, to this day, make mistakes. Um, but yeah, they're, they're very quick to jump on that. When there's a little, little, you know, you burn that piece of toast, they're gonna, they're gonna remind you about it. Yep. You know, they won't let you live that down. The best meals are when everyone's quiet because you know that everyone's enjoying their food. Yeah. They're too busy eating it. They don't want yeah. another bite or they want to save yeah. the flavor, right? Anybody that cooks in the firehouse, they know when, when you know, you sit down to eat, the, the, the guys that cook, they're the ones that are looking around, making sure, you know, all right, everybody's eating, nobody's, you know, moving the plate forward and, you know, uh, dumping it into the trash when nobody's looking. So uh, there's a lot, you know, there's a lot of expectations I have, you know, that the guys have of me, but, but they trust me. You know, I find it's, uh, it's interesting. So in my department, we've got three separate stations. We're about 112 guys, I think it is now. 
Um, and I started out at headquarters where the majority of the guys are. And then I got moved to an outlying house where it's uh, very few. And I've cooked in both environments, right? I've cooked for 12, 15 guys on a shift and I've cooked for uh, four or five guys on a shift. You know what I mean? At the outlying house. And I'll tell you what, man, it's, it's a lot easier to cook for those four or five guys than it is to cook for the 12 or 15 sitting at the table. Um, you know, it, it's, it's a whole different type of experience, A, with the budget that you got, right? Because you get more people, the bigger budget, so you can go a little bit, you know, go more extravagant. Yeah. The fewer the guys, you really got to try and piecemeal something together with the little bit of money you got to uh, try and come up with an extraordinary meal. Tell me about some of the, some of the, meals you've made um where you've had limited either budgets or limited ingredients what are some of the things that you've been able to do with that yeah so i'm lucky you know oops, sorry about that i'm lucky my house we're, we're three guys okay we used to be four but uh we're down to three and from a budget point of view i'm lucky like the guys trust me they know i'm gonna shop responsibly i'm not putting like truffles on anything i'm not you know buying uh free range organic chickens um but uh I, I think what it comes down to is is a being you know aware of the sales that's i'm always shopping for sales i'll usually go to the meat when i'm shopping for home i like to go vegetables first but when it comes to the fire like i'm going right to the meat okay what's on sale is it you know beef chuck ribs or something whatever it is you know uh i, I like to to shop for the sales. And then uh, I also like to reuse ingredients if I can, you know, like I'm a big fan of like fresh herbs mm -hmm. just cause I think they add a lot to a dish. So what I'll do is, you know, I'll buy a, a bunch of cilantro, but I'm, I'm only going to use half of it one meal. I'm going to try to figure out a way to use it for the next one. Yeah. Just so nothing's going to waste. And, and it also, it helps you with your budget because now you're using one ingredient twice. Yep. So that's, that's one approach I have. Um, and, you know, and I'm lucky because the guys trust me. I know there's some, you know, that's a great thing about Fork and Hose companies. I've been able to contact or, or, or meet so many firefighters that, you know, they have five bucks a head to cook a meal. And I'm like, in New York, that ain't happening. Like, unless you're a big house where, you know, you got 20 guys um, or, you know, they, uh, they they're on a tight budget or they're, you know, their crews are, are they're picky, you know, who doesn't eat this, who doesn't eat that. Cause every firehouse has those guys. Um, but I'm able to, to meet these, these, uh, these chefs that cook that are working around all these crazy restrictions and budgets. And, and it's cool to hear what everybody's uh, story is. Yeah. What's uh, I mean, every chef has their favorite dish to make. What's your, what's one of your favorite dishes to make? If you had to, if I put you on the spot right now, which I'm doing pasta, pasta. and, and from scratch. Um, if, if I have time or, or yeah, I, the thing is I, I like my pasta al dente. Okay. Like, so it's almost next to impossible to get that with fresh pasta. Yeah. yeah. So unless it's like a ravioli or something, you know, obviously you can't do that, but, um, I, I'm just like a classic, like spaghetti guy. And of course I get moved out of my crew and put into a new crew and the one guy doesn't like pasta. So get we've, uh, I've, I've, I've been struggling, but, but I'll, I make it at home. At least I get it. I get my fix when I, when I'm at home, but, uh, pasta is like my, my favorite. I could literally eat that every day. Yeah. Yeah. We do, uh, we do gravy on Sundays. 
pasta sundaes. So you call it gravy? Some guys do. I'm an yeah. Irishman, so I'm I'm. You're I'm, brown gravy, right? That makes. <laughs> <laughs> but, but I gotta be honest. I got I've got a good I got a good Italian sauce that I make. Okay. Uh, sauce. Some guys call it gravy. I find a, a lot of the fire departments. A lot of guys calling it gravy sundaes. So. I'll stick with that for the podcast, but I'm a, you know, I'm a pork roll guy. The North Jersey guys are Taylor ham guys. I yeah. 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 I call it sauce. Some guys call it gravy. So I've done a couple like polls on my page. Yeah. One was the Sunday sauce or gravy. And I'm telling you right now, the debate that gets heated is uh, incredible. Sometimes and, it's worse than political debate. Sometimes. Yeah. And you know, I'm a, I'm a gravy guy. Like I grew up, my grandmother would say like, I made gravy, you know, like, I have like some requirements. There's got to be a ton of meat and it's got to be cooking forever, you know? And like after that, you know, it's, it's gravy to me. If you want to call it sauce. You could go, you know, go ahead and call it, but don't crucify me for calling it gravy. That's all. You know, I'll respect your, your opinion. You respect mine. That's all. But I did the Taylor ham and the pork roll thing too, though. Yeah. Which was interesting. And uh, we could get it in New York now. Nice. Nice. So I've lived in, in a couple different States, you know, schools and whatnot. And, uh, um, I used to live in New Hampshire and I went to school there and there was a priest at the school that I went to that was from New Jersey. And he would ask me every single time I went home, to bring up a big log. Right, right, right. For him. So I'd go to the supermarket, I'd go to Costco, get one of those big logs for 20 bucks, bring it up to him. And he, him and the other brothers at the, uh, at the seminary were just, they were high on the hog. Oh yeah. Every day. So Taylor. I think I've had it maybe once. So yeah. I, I gotta, I gotta try it again. It's listen for breakfast meat. I would say it's it's outside of like an applewood smoked bacon, like a thick cut. It's right, right, right. Breakfast meat. All right, I'll give it a shot. Let me throw this one at you. So here, here's a good one. You know, we're talking about sauce. We're talking about gravy. You're uh, of Italian descent. I'm an yep. Irish here. Uh, if somebody were to tell you to go get some macaroni at the food store, yeah, what type of pasta are you buying? So that's another thing too. I grew up, my grandmother called it macaroni. So, um, you know, if, if you say macaroni, I'm thinking like ziti or penne, just cause that's what she would make. And that's what I associate with it. Um, there was one, one instance in the first restaurant I worked at where the chef said, uh, you know, I was cooking family meals. So family meals, pretty similar to like cooking in the firehouse, right? You're cooking for your coworkers. Um, Usually it's pre-service, so before dinner or lunch service. And I wanted to make pasta. So I said to the chef, I was like, you know, chef, we got any pasta in the house? And he said, yeah, the noodles are over there. And I'm like, no, I don't want noodles. I want pasta. He's like, yeah, the noodles are on the shelf, you know, the dry goods, whatever. I'm like, no, 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 but I want like spaghetti. He's like, yeah, noodles. And I'm like, no, no, those aren't noodles. Noodles you get in ramen. These are, this is spaghetti. This is, this is pasta. Yeah, it was. It was like two minutes of just like my head gonna explode. But uh, so you'll like this. So I was probably I don't know maybe three years on the job, right? And uh, I'm at headquarters. They send me shopping, and one of the guys like, yeah, get some macaroni. It's Sunday. <laughs> I go to the food store. I'm thinking, you know where this is going. Going down the aisle. I'm looking at the pasta section. I'm like, oh yeah, macaroni. I grab a couple boxes, throw it in the cart bring it back to the firehouse. I show up. They're like, what the heck is this? It's like, you told me to get macaroni. I got elbow macaroni. What do you want from me? They're like, no, yeah. macaroni. It needs, <laughs> you know? uh, oh God, it was, it was, it was funny. It was pretty funny. So 
they never sent me shopping for macaroni again. So that was one way to get out of it. But that's one of the dynamics of firehouse cooking too, is, you, you know, when you're, when you're young, whether you're a probie or only a couple of years on, um, what I find now too, especially is like, there's, there's people that get on the job that just don't, they don't even know how to like boil water, oh. how to make a scrambled egg. And now they're getting thrown into the snake pit. <laughs> yeah. You know, I get DMS constantly. Hey man, I'm, I'm I got to make my probie meal. What should I make? And I'm like, make what you know. Like, don't try to reinvent the wheel here. Tomato soup. Yeah, don't, you know, don't go putting bacon-wrapped filet mignon on the table because you're going to overcook it. And, you know, just make what you know, make what you're comfortable. But then a lot of times they're not, you know, I don't know if it's the generation maybe, you know, that maybe they're not cooking as much at home, but they're struggling. So that's that's one of the good things about Fork and Hose Company is I, I'm able to help help some, some new uh, firehouse chefs. Let's, let's kind of segue into that. What, who was your biggest influence uh, when it comes to cooking? It sounds like your grandmother, based on some of our previous conversation here, had a major influence, but uh, give me some of your, your influences uh, in your love for cooking and, and uh, your skill set. First and foremost, my family. You know, I'm lucky enough where both of my grandmothers lived long lives and, and I was able to eat their food for a long time. Um, just, I think it's more, it's, you know, the memories is, is more important than the actual food itself. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, my, my mother's a great cook. And then, um, you know, I think chefs that cook honest food, you know, that aren't too pretentious. I, I really look up to, I was lucky enough to, to work. My first restaurant I worked at was under one of my favorite chefs of all time, April Bloomfield. Um, I, I think just, you know, chefs that, that kind of cook good, honest food and that are simple, straightforward. You know, I like Italian food and a lot of times it's like four or five ingredients max. And, you know, it's, it's more or less about technique more so than maybe, uh, you know, finding a fancy ingredient. Um, just find really good produce, really good ingredients and do as little as possible to them, but still make them taste delicious. That's awesome, man. So listen, if, uh, if somebody wanted to reach out to you, best way is to get to you via Instagram, uh, DM you and DM me, um, Instagram, you could, you know, Facebook, it's weird. I'm not, I'm not on there as much, but, yeah. uh, definitely send me a DM. Um, you could email me as well, forkandhoseco at gmail.com. Um, and I'm always willing to, to share some tips, tricks, you know, and help out in any way I can. Nice. And the, uh, the handle for uh, Fork and Hose Company, for those watching and listening, is at Fork and Hose CO. So if you want to uh, reach out to AJ, show them some of your uh, pictures of your meals that you've made, or uh, ask for some tips or tricks, advice, it's uh, at Fork and Hose CO. For yeah, tag me. You know, if you guys are cooking, you know, tag me in your meal, and um, I'm, I'm always looking for, for good stuff to repost and share. Nice. Uh, AJ, thank you for being on the show. I appreciate the time. I uh, look forward to seeing you at Cooked and Uncorked. I don't know what's going on this next year with Cooked and Uncorked. Maybe be virtual. <laughs> you know what? It's, uh, it's been a challenge. I know you guys have had your challenges up there in New York. And, uh, you know, we're hopeful to be able to put on that event again. If we're not able to do it next year, I know uh, we'll try and do something. But uh, always a pleasure talking with you, man. Seeing you again. Uh, Likewise. On the show. And uh, we got to do this again. Uh, sometime we'll talk. Maybe, maybe we'll cook, we'll cook together next time. (laughs) 
show. That's good. I'll throw. Uh, you you could be the cook. I'll throw on the green screen. Maybe some uh, kitchen. No, I want I want some of that Sunday gravy, man. Come on. Can't <laughs> tease me like that. That sounds good. Listen, AJ. Thanks again, man, for the time. I appreciate it. Uh, be safe out there, and uh, we'll be in touch. You too, man. Stay safe. Eat well. Thanks. All right, guys, thanks for listening to another great episode of FMBA Nation, and stay tuned for some more great content to come. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You can also listen on the NJ FMBA YouTube channel, as well as Apple Podcasts, Anchor, and the Google Play Store. And if you're interested in becoming a sponsor of the FMBA Nation podcast, please email us at nation at njfmba.org.